0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Our goal for next year, I got news for you. It won't change, and it'll never change. We're going to chase that Super Bowl. We're going we're gonna to chase it until we get it, and then we'll chase it after that again. But that's it. People want to criticize us then you go ahead, but you really got no right. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. 1102 on The Fan. It's BT and Sal. Zach Gelbin for the boys, as we get set for a big Labor Day weekend. I was reading an article last night, and a lot of times I don't get shocked by things that I read anymore. But when I see from Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio saying, I have a confession to make. I like the new Aaron Rodgers. I was stunned to read that, knowing the way that Mike feels about Aaron Rodgers the last few years. And Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk joins us right now. Mike, appreciate the time as always. How you been? Been great, buddy. How are you today? Well, I'm doing great. So you're loving this new Aaron Rodgers with the Jets now.
1: Yeah, and I'll admit I'm probably being grifted, I'm being conned, it's all a product of HBO and NFL (laughs) films using the best possible footage in the light that makes Aaron Rodgers look the most favorable, but I don't care. Sometimes you just want to enjoy things, and sometimes you see a guy, you hear a guy, he seems to be appreciating the fact that he's getting toward the end of his career and he should savor every moment, and I just like how he 's being presented. I like how he 's conducting himself, and I understand that some of it may be flashing a middle finger at the Green Bay Packers to say to them, "See what happened. You could have had me, You could have kept me happy, you didn 't treat me right, and I 'm going somewhere else, and i 'm happier without you." Even if that 's the case, I still like what I see. I find myself wanting to root for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to be great this year. I love a good story. People ask me, what do you root for? I root for a good story, and it would be a very good story if the Jets with Aaron Rodgers end up doing what the Jets and Brett Favre couldn't do. They couldn't finish the deal, even though at one point it looked like they were going to be the number 1 seed in the AFC in the 2008 season. Favre had that partially torn biceps tendon. It all fell apart. Maybe the the Rodgers experiment can carry them all the way through to the postseason.
0: Yeah, You could maybe say that it's petty, or or maybe it's uh, Rodgers being petulant. But I think it really comes down to this. Regardless of what people thought what happened in Green Bay, if he was in the right or the wrong, he felt like he wasn't wanted. And that's why, for me, he's just so gracious, I guess, is the right word to use here on why he's with the Jets because they basically handed over the entire franchise to him.
1: Well, and this is one of the philosophical points that I'll raise from time to time. Teams want their quarterbacks to basically be managers on the shop floor. They are members of the administrative team. They are members of the group that is running the show. They want the quarterbacks to hold players accountable, to set the standard, show up early, stay late, study film, follow the nutrition plans, do everything that you're supposed to do, get to bed, stay out of trouble. The quarterback is the liaison of the people who are in charge, and that's fine, but When it's time to make decisions about who's going to be working and who's not going to be working and how the team is going to be constructed, you don't slam the door in the quarterback's face and say, you just work here. And that's what the Packers had done to Aaron Rodgers for years. And he had expressed frustration. At one point, he said something along the lines of, how are you not going to take advantage of my experience and my knowledge? I've been around this for 15 years now. This was a few years back. But why are you not going to listen to me? It makes no sense. And I I think he believed there was a level of disrespect. It was that old school, top-down, very regimented approach to football where the attitude is, you do just work here. Do your job. Your job is to play quarterback. Our job is to figure out who's on the team. And in New York, it's a two-edged sword. In New York, he's empowered to be involved. But what happens at some point... When, for example, there's an opportunity to trade for a veteran at the trade deadline, he wants to do it, and Joe Douglas, the GM of the team, decides not to, that's when you may have a friction point. But I think that the organization will deal with that at the appropriate time and work with him and try to smooth it over then. The point is, they're listening to him, it's making him happy, so far so good, and it's easier to maintain this vibe, Zach, when there's no wins and no losses on the record book yet we'll see what happens if and when some adversity strikes that could change things but for now it's been this extended honeymoon
0: you talk about a a veteran maybe at the deadline when mike florio's here with us today when i see that mike evans agent set a deadline of september 8th to reach a new deal with the bucks he's in the final year of a contract i right away go to the jets being involved in a potential trade for mike evans especially when the quarterback takes 35 million dollars less on this new deal
1: yeah, but I don't know that Evans would be the guy who fits when you've got Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard, but that's the kind of thinking that they'll engage in. Who are the guys who may be available as we get closer and closer to the deadline? Now, one of the ingredients is the player has to want out and preferably wants to go to that team, and the team has to be willing to say, you know what, as a practical matter, we're done this year. I don't know that the Bucks are going to be done after eight weeks because they're in a very wide-open division where they could emerge as one of the true contenders, and I doubt that they'll be eliminated as a practical matter when Halloween rolls around. Another name that I keep an eye on, and I don't know that they could or would pull this off, but I think if the Rams struggle out of the gates, when you look at their schedule, 2-6 and may be the best-case scenario to start the season. Aaron Donald is a name that I'm just going to keep an eye on to wow. see whether or not they want to flip him for assets. If he's thinking about retiring or demanding a trade after the season, you do it during the season, and you bring him in as the finishing piece of the puzzle, that could be something. And and it it isn't even relevant if the Rams are in contention when we get to late October. But if, as a practical matter, it looks like they're not going to be a player in the NFC playoff field, maybe, if he wants out, maybe, some of these teams in the AFC start looking at, hey, maybe we can get this guy. And, oh, yes, maybe it's a good idea to get him because if we don't, somebody else will.
0: Could you imagine a Jet defensive line with Quinn and Williams and Aaron Donald? Holy smokes.
1: That would be something. And Donald is still one of the best in the NFL. And it all comes down to whether or not the Jets are truly in that let's go all in modes, uh, mode and mindset that the Rams were in a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of years ago, excuse me. The problem is the Rams went all in and there's a bill to pay on the back end and that's the problem they have right now. So, you know, we've seen the move with Rodgers, the signing of Dalvin Cook, very aggressive, very determined to get the most out of what they can with Rodgers, and that could cause them to be tempted to make a move if there's an opportunity. If there's an opportunity because the Rams are 2 and 6 after 8 games.
0: Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk here with us. The Jets first 8 games are really tough. You got Buffalo, Dallas, New England, Kansas City, Denver, Philadelphia, the Giants, and the Chargers. How do you think the first uh, half of that schedule is going to play on out for the Jets when you're bringing in all these new
1: pieces? Well, when I first saw the schedule back in May, and we know when the prior regular season ends, Zach, that that the teams are going to play this team, this team, this team. We know who. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when. And when the when is attached to it and you look at it, it crystallizes. And this is my broader concern for the AFC East. Beyond playing each other twice, so that's six out of 17 games right there that are not going to be easy with the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Patriots doing the home-and-home. Home. Not easy for any of them. On top of that, the way that dual rotation works, where you always play all four teams from one of the other three divisions in your conference, and it rotates every year, click, 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 to each and every division. And then in the other conference, it's the four-click, south, north, east, west. And the way it's lined up this year, uh uh-oh, AFC West, NFC East, all four teams play the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Chargers, that's 11 games right there that are going to be challenging for every team in that division. So my concern for the Jets is you better get off to a good start. You better beat the Bills at home week one because they beat you in your building. you got to go to their place later. You get swept by the Bills. Good luck winning the division. And given the rest of the schedule and given that your second and third place teams in the AFC East will be competing against second and third place teams that don't have that schedule, that don't have that kind of a division they're competing in, You may not get into the playoffs unless you win the division. It may just be one team out of the AFC East this year because of the competition in the division and the way that the rotation lines up for the schedule out of the division.
0: Mike Florio here with us on the fan from Pro Football Talk. Zach Gelb here with you in for BT and Sal. Uh, The AFC East, you just touched on it. Uh, It's really a three-team race. I think we're splitting hairs between the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. How do you rank those three teams, though, heading into this season?
1: I think it goes Dolphins, Jets, Bills, but it is very close. Chris Sims and I on PFT Live the other day did the ranking 4 3 2 1 of how we think the teams are going to finish in the division. And I'm at the point, and maybe I'm just getting old, and maybe I'm just getting tired of it. I don't like making these predictions, I don't (laughs) like picking games. I'd like to just be able to sit back and enjoy this show. I compared it to going to a movie, and before you'll walk in, you make a list of five things you think are going to happen in the movie. So instead of enjoying the movie, you're rooting for your predictions to be right instead of just enjoying the show. And to the extent the NFL is scripted and they've really leaned into that bit, then let's just enjoy the show. But with that said, I think it's going to go Patriots 4, Bills 3, Jets 2, Dolphins 1, but I also raised the possibility of the Patriots picking off the Bills and sending the Bills into fourth place. And when you say that, you become public enemy number one in Buffalo. And this is the most dangerous time of the year to even discuss the possibility that any potential playoff team might not be good. But we know there will be teams that aren't good. We know that there will be a worst team in the NFL and a number 31 and a number 30 and all the way up. And... I could see the Bills this year just falling apart potentially. I'm not saying they will. They strike me as a Jenga tower about 20 moves in where it's just kind of wobbling. And is it going to stand? And the Dolphins are better and the Jets are better, and it could be the windows closing on this edition of the Bills, and they may have to find a way to reopen it during the years they still have with Josh Allen. So I'm concerned about the Bills in large part because I look at the Dolphins and the Jets, and I say, man, man, jeez. Both of these teams, teams that we are used to not being good at the same time and rarely being good either one, they're both going to be pretty good this year.
0: Does the Diggs-Allen relationship that they all say is is not a big deal right now, is that a big deal to you?
1: Well, you know, the NFL's official motto is football is family. And I say (laughs) to that, the real motto should be football is business, but they say football is family because it's good for business to say football is family. The other motto is nothing to see here. And that's what the teams love to say. Anytime something comes up, nothing to see here. This week, Kelly Stafford, the wife of Matthew Stafford, on her podcast saying that Matthew Stafford can't relate to young players. Sean McVay asked about it. Basically, nothing to see here. It's always nothing to see here. So after all that weird stuff that happened, with Stephon Diggs at the mandatory minicamp, he was there. He was gone. They're concerned he's not here. Oh, he's back. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. I still think there's something there. And the thing I point to, preseason game last weekend, Stephon Diggs catches a slant pass, doesn't break it, slams his helmet down on the sideline. Like, dude, it's a preseason game. But it just shows you the fire he has. And that fire he has, if they struggle, if he's not getting the ball as much as he thinks he should, if they're not winning enough games, if they're sinking in the standings behind the Dolphins and the Jets or the Patriots on top of it, that's when this thing possibly blows up again because he can't change who he is stefan Diggs is the closest thing to a superhero in the nfl in that you get him out of his uniform he is clark kent mild-mannered great guy happy-go-lucky fun to be around the moment he puts on the uniform he changes he wants to win he's driven he's competitive and he can't keep internal those feelings of frustration that emerge when things don't go well So. I don't think any amount of talking when he's in his Clark Kent disguise is going to change the fact that when it's time to go be Superman, he's going to get pissed off if he's tripping over bits and pieces of kryptonite.
0: Last thing I'll ask to Mike Florio, does a great job at Pro Football Talk, also PFT Live. Um, when we get to the Giants, last year exceeded all expectations. No one would have thought they would have been the playoffs, let alone the second round of the postseason. Do the Giants improve this year, stay the same, or do they regress in your number two of Joe Shane and Brian Dayball? Well,
1: I think they'll be better. Darren Waller makes a difference. Second year of Daniel Jones in the Dayball offense. You've got to keep your key players healthy. That's part of it, too. Offensive and defensive lines need to improve. When the Giants have been great in recent years, it's been steady and consistent offensive line and defensive line capable of creating havoc. But the question becomes, even if they're better, Can they disrupt the presumption that it's Eagles 49ers? Those two teams, to me, are top tier in the NFC with a gap. And then you've got five, six other teams jockeying for position to be the best of the second tier. They're almost like the mid-major level of the NFC. Cowboys, Giants, Vikings, Lions, Seahawks. How does that shake out? And can one of those teams improve enough on the fly during the season. When they cross paths with the Eagles or the 49ers in the playoffs, they actually have a chance to beat them, not get blown off the field the way the Giants did on that Saturday night back in January.
0: No one's website covers the NFL like Mike Florio's over at profootballtalk.com. Mike Florio, always appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks, pal. Have a great weekend. You too. There he is, Mike Florio, joining us on the fan. So a lot to unpack from there. I look at the Mike Evans stuff. If you haven't seen it yet, His agent issued a deadline right at September 9th to get a long-term deal done. If not, they're going to want to go elsewhere, whether that is this year or next year. The Jets have a two- to three-year window where they are going to be all in. And we've already seen it. You get Rodgers. Then you make sure you bring in Dalvin Cook. Everyone knows Rodgers had an enormous role in recruiting Dalvin Cook to the Jets. I'm sure Cook At times, rather preferred to go to the Dolphins, but they didn't want to pay him. And then he settles with the Jets. It doesn't matter how you get there, as long as you get there. And we're entering this season of Jets football where I've never seen optimism like this. And that start of the schedule, as we discussed with Mike, that is really, really tough. When you look at those first eight or nine games. And that week one you have a great opportunity to send a message to the AFC East that this is a different New York Jets. Because you look at that Buffalo Bills team, it's all about time when you play them. Bills coming off a miserable postseason performance. They even played well in the wildcard round against the Dolphins. And now you've had a tumultuous offseason. And also you don't have Von Miller the first four games. And that was why the Bills started to go downwards last year is because they lost Von Miller, and he was brought in to be that missing piece to go win the Bills a championship. The Jets, early on with some of these big-name teams, can send the message that this is just not one of those off-seasons where we hype up one team, and then the team ends up being miserable like the Broncos a year ago. I would really be surprised if the Jets aren't in the playoffs this year. The question just becomes, how far can the Jets take it? And that's why, if you're sitting there right before the deadline, and this team is good— and you think you can make him better, the Jets are going to have to strike, and Joe Douglas is going to have to work his magic, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to hold him accountable in the system of checks and balances. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode, and catch up with in-game highlights.